0: Ha ha! I'm stupid. Yeah, you know, this is what happens when I don't have my, uh, you know, I don't have someone with me to tell me I'm muted. Boy, am I stupid! And uh, all right. So, uh, as I was saying, if you know, for those of you who don't know, I do have a supporting listeners group, and you know, I'm going to be trying to do these uh, ask me anything, uh, you know, try you know, try to do them weekly, and or the, or I will try to take a few questions from them, uh, during any shows I do. And since I, I missed one last week, I believe, um, this is kind of a makeup episode, but, uh, we're doing it. Uh, no, no, you're fine, Nick. It was all my fault. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to be doing these AMAs weekly and, you know, we have quite a few, uh, uh, you know, questions that came in, in the supporting listeners group, that will be in the power broker elites. That's the second tier, or I should say th- third tier, actually, because there is kind of a, a, just curious tier. I forgot about that one, but yeah, the, uh, my power brokers, they can get my, basically I'm very, very responsive. I have notifications turned on for whenever they send me questions. A lot of times I'll answer them pretty quickly. And howdy, Viginti, how'd you doing? And uh, a lot of times I'll answer questions you know within a few minutes to a few hours and you know they I give them nice long 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 answers but I did want to share some of those answers with the rest of you rest of the rest of the community because these are good questions is obviously I have you know the smartest people and the first movers are always going to be in you know my my subscriber group so all right and if you and by the way if any of you would want your uh you know your questions answered you know just join up and you know i'm pretty active in the uh, supporting listeners group and uh, you will uh, you know, get pretty good access to me much better than what you do on twitter or any other platform so and uh, i did want to take one, one more moment and tell you about uh you know th- there was a tragedy that happened recently you know a, someone they used the wrong promo code well when they went to palomaverdecbd.com and Unfortunately, this promo code uh, gives you some very severe testicular swelling as if you had as if you had the uh, the vaccine and uh, this person they, they they did their the doctors they did their best, but they were not able to save this person's testicles from the inevitable swelling that comes with using promo code king uh, it just doesn't work and if you uh, you want to get uh twenty five percent off of you of the best CBD Texas has to offer. Uh, you will go to Paloma CBD.com and use promo code popular that again, that is Paloma Verde CBD.com and promo code popular for 25% off your order over 75 bucks and free shipping. And you can get the, uh, the CBD gummies. I popped a few of them, you know, right before I came in here and I usually pop a one or two of them throughout the day. And I take a lot of, uh, you know, smart drugs and supplements, uh, throughout the, uh, the day in order, not really drugs, but just supplements in order to, uh, you know, be extra productive while I'm at work and, you know, taking a little extra CBD with some caffeine is a really, really excellent way to not get the, uh, hyper caffeine jitters. So if you are, uh, you know, you can also use other supplements like L-theanine, you know, with caffeine. CBD just works even better. And I usually take, you know, just one or two gummies with the, uh, with that in order to, you know, cut down the the jitter, the caffeine jitters. And it is excellent. I feel great. I feel creative. And I feel healthy. And my wife has unfortunately e- e- eaten, you know, pretty much all of my stock. I'm down to one. Uh, I'm down to one. Little tin of of uh gu- of strawberry lemonade gummies left, and I will be buying more soon from uh, Carlos and Vanessa Ablar. They are excellent people, and you know. But you need you just just need to be very careful of you know bad promo codes that do not uh, they make your testicles swell up like you got the vax, and uh, but if you use promo code popular, you will get money off your order. So if you uh. All right. So let's go ahead and get into the, uh, into the questions that I got from the supporting listeners. This one is from, I, I don't think I'll read the names, but, uh, the, uh, you know, I, I got a, uh, one, you know, when, when you buy your liberty from the state, does that mean the citizens have a higher time preference for power than the state's time preference for money? And what is uh, stopping the state from using those funds, f- uh, for more power against you in the future? Well, okay. So this is referring to, you know, the idea that, hey, you can buy your liberty, uh, from the, you know, from the state, or you can buy pieces of it from them. You have seen this, uh, several times, like, you know, like I, I usually use the Cal- the Colorado, uh, drug legalization example where, you know, they, uh, you know, where, you know, they legalized, uh, marijuana, recreational marijuana, and in exchange for a 20 uh, basically a 25 percent tax hike and so what that means is that if you understand that you know wealth and power are the same they're going to be a uh but you know the or at least these are interchangeable so what what it ends up being is that if the state is in a you know or basically if, if its finances are really really bad and it's like facing bankruptcy at that point that means their time preference for really taxation right now is higher than, you know, whatever, uh, you know, liberty or power or control they had in the future. So, you know, when it came to like the Colorado example, you know, they, uh, you know, they, they were had power and control from, you know, that was, you know, given to over, over to their police force, you know, as a way of, a. Uh, you know, you know, exerting control over the population, and you know, hey, I smell weed, and that you know, that's a p- excuse for the cops to you know do whatever they want to the uh, to the citizenry. That's also a way to you know get you know make the uh, the uh, prison unions happy that this is an easy way for this is job security for them. And they're always going to lobby for stricter uh, drug laws because of this and what they, and uh, you know, they're also the government is able to spend money. There are extra contractors who will help fund the prison industrial complex and the, uh, and the police state. And, you know, there's all kinds of private sector contractors that are into that. So when you take away, uh, so they would not be very happy if you were you know taking away the job security for that for uh, uh, that, those industrial complexes. And what the state you know what did was they said, okay, you know, we are in such financial hardship right now that because we are facing a twenty five percent budget deficit that it is worth giving up all of the future control, all of our future control. That we will have, you know, using these uh, th- th- this uh, recreational drug laws or this recreational prohibition on marijuana, and we're going to give that up in exchange for, you know, a twenty five percent tax hike, which will fix our budget deficit problem. And it did. And they held uh, spending steady at fifty billion dollars a year for uh, two or three years afterwards because this was back in in uh, the twenty twelve. I think. I think. I want to say twenty twelve. You know, so they're still in the middle of the Great Recession and they are wanting to, uh, you know, fix their budget problem. You know, and, and the Republicans were in charge and, you know, OK, there was a little bit of a give and take. The Republicans, they, you know, OK, that, you know, that they, they wanted to, you know, keep it outlawed. But, you know, they understand, hey, budgets are more important. This is during the Libertarian Revolution and the Tea Party movement and the Ron Paul Revolution. And so they got so they managed to cut a deal. And you know they fixed the budget deficit problem in exchange for cutting the prison industrial complex and the police state. That's pretty good. That was a you know and what that means. and so is what is stopping the state from using those funds against you in the future? Absolutely nothing. Uh, again, this was a trade. You know you tra- you you traded a uh, you know a, ta- a tax hike for you know drug for uh, drug legalization or really you know, marijuana legalization. So that would be a. Uh, so yeah, it's like yeah, you you just traded that away. They could, you know, turn around and use those against you in any way. And I'm sure Colorado's, you know, Coloradans would know better than me how the Colorado state government has actually gone and done that. So to, as a uh, follow-up from the same person, if they uh is it is it even proper to consider purchasing liberty to be uh, consumption of power? No, I would say not. You know, again, the, the idea behind uh, consumption of power is that you're using it for coercion, and that's what you know. Because okay, what are you consuming? You're consuming the wealth, and and you're doing it in such a way that you're going to lower the production of said wealth in the future. This is something Rothbard talked about in Anatomy of the State you know, where he says, hey, if you aggress against people and you take their stuff from them or you control them, you discourage them from uh, being productive in the future. So, you know, because, you know, you just took away the incentive to produce wealth. So uh, so when you're consuming power, you are actually consuming the wealth of society and, you know, disincentivizing further production uh, of that wealth. So when you're buying power from the state, uh, that is not predatory. And and uh, you are not, uh, you know, lose. you know, they might turn around and use that wealth for something that is predatory, but, you know, that act in itself of buying your liberty back from the government is not a consumption of power. So uh, the, let's see, what else we've got? And so the uh, next question from a different dude, he says, so the mega corporations are the real power behind the government at this point. Right, you know that they just need Congress as a pretense for credibility, you know, due to like subsidies and regulatory capture, and uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much correct. You know the uh, you know I I would say okay that's that's not the totality of it though because if you read uh, Yarvin's uh, Iron Polygon. Basically, what he says is that, uh, you know, that, you know, the corporations are kind of one leg of this iron polygon and you and they share it with the rest of the cathedral, you know, with the bureaucracy. And, you know, there are, you know, so the corporate. So basically, there's quite a few powers behind the throne, actually. And the corporations are one of those. And they're probably the largest group of the, uh, uh, you know, they're probably the largest leg of the iron polygon. But yeah, so there are quite a few powers behind the throne and the corporations just aren't the only ones there. And so the, uh, let's see, go down a few more. So I got these ones today, like what type of data should one research for their locality, you know, i.e. budgets, uh, county city savings, where one could start to look for this data, where could one uh, start to look for this data, and then be able to plug into the concept of the anti-tax framework for their locality. So basically, what he's asking here is, okay, like, like how do I figure find out, like, what my uh, local government's uh, financial position is? And I think the best way to do that is actually for me to go ahead and just show you how it's done on Google, because it's actually really, really easy and quick to do. And if you just understand how to read a balance sheet that is easiest to do. So let's go over here. So this is the desktop. I think is this it? No, is that, that's the wrong one. All right, let me remove this one. Okay. Stop that one screen sharing, share screen and right here. All right, so I went and did. A, you know, I knew this question was coming, so I did a quick Google search for just Lockhart, Texas. This is where our good friend Buck Johnson li- uh, lives, and this is the uh, just a regular municipality in Texas. And you know, it's about twenty-four thousand people, or I, no, I should say uh, twelve thousand people. So that's a a fairly small. Uh, that's according to the 2010 census. It's probably a little more than that now. I think he said 14,000 last time I spoke with him, but yeah, it's about right. Yeah. Right there. 13 and about 13 and a half. So this is a fair, this is a fairly small municipal, small town. So let's go into, you know, city of Lockhart. This is their website right here at the top. And what we're looking for are, are their financial documents? So let's see. All right, let's go into departments and see, what, see what's in here. And we're just going to look around for it. I like finance. Finance looks good. That looks promising. Ah, here we are. The 20, uh, 2021 through 2022 annual operating budget. You're, you know, every uh, municipality pretty much everywhere in America is going to be publishing their budget somewhere online, usually on their local government's website. And so when you go around, you're just poking in the, like the finance section and they usually have like headers and stuff like that that tell you it. Now, uh, what you'll notice with the, uh, the budget is they do things differently. Uh, you know, all the, all the time where, you know, like everyone they'll, they might mark their budget in different ways. So you just have to kind of look for it and just read the table of contents and, uh, you know, figure out what it is. So, you know, I, you know, I already, uh, went ahead and found some of this and skip ahead. And so you might get a little something right here where they have a, like a summary ahead, but what you're really looking for is the balance sheet. And that is what this looks like. So basically there, you know, this is their statement of revenues, expenditures, and changes in fund balances. And A lot of times they have different sources where they get their revenue from. I'm not quite sure what other governmental funds is, but apparently it's different than their general fund. And what that probably means is that they have different kinds of taxes for different kinds of things. And some taxes are specifically meant to go to a different fund. So they might be funding, maybe this is like the part of this is like the police budget or something like that, or, and this is just general for everything else. And they have specific things earmarked like that. And this is often how you'll see it, and you see like revenues and expenditures. So, you know, this is the 2020. This is the year of COVID. What we should really expect to see is a as a major drawdown in whatever reserve funds are you they that they have. This is what you know. What you're looking for is usually called reserves, or and and they might find it. They might they everyone calls it a little something different, but usually the term is called reserves, and that's what you're looking for. And because this is like their savings from year to year, this is, you know, you want to, if you want to have an anti-tax, you want to fund it with, you know, taxes that have already been collected, you know, by the government, not, uh, you don't really want to raise a a tax for it you could and that would be totally fine the reason being is that you know it's a you're basically funding a tax cut program so effectively you're just cutting tax you're you're raising tax revenue ahead of time you know and you're and cutting it for the future so you know it's like like you know would a tax raise be a tax hike be okay with the anti-tax yes but we still want to try to stay away from that so you know what we're looking for is like the number the amount of reserves and you know, what we see for uh for Lockhart and 2020 is that they took in, you know, uh about 10 million dollars in total government revenue. You know, a little about 10.1 million, and they spent about uh you know 12.8 million. I would bet my you know, basically they had a deficit of about uh 27 percent. So I'm guessing for what you know what that really is, is that during the uh during COVID, you had a major drop in uh the sales tax is what i'm guessing that or, or maybe uh you know hotel fees or something like that they probably have other things like that in there but i'm guessing that because the sales tax varies from year to year whatever it was uh in 2018 to 2019 i'm guessing that this you know this is was a major drop in revenue and that was what caused this deficit because this is unusual but covid was obviously an unusual year and 2020 was a shit show so you know, the, uh, so like they had about $2.7 million deficit and this is what we're looking for right here. Oh, this is perfect. Okay. So it looks like the, uh, you know, when they, yeah. Okay. So they, uh, it looks like, you know, this is their financial position right here, you know, right here. It looks like it's about $11 million. So it looks like they had, you know, your uh Lockhart has about eleven million dollars in the bank. This is the this is the number you're it looks like it's a little cut off. I'm wondering if I can go to a previous year and see what it was. Let's see. I bet there's I bet there are previous years in here. And uh, da, 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 da. no, I don't want to do that. Hmm. Financial statement or adopted budgets. Let's see if that's where it is. I'm looking for previous years right now. Ah, here we are. Uh, let's yeah, let's do this. Comprehensive annual report. Let me read through these really quick. And okay, okay. So I need to get to. Let's see, like you know, it's gonna be right here. Okay, no, 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 no. Six. Here we are. Okay, that looks about right. Let me see if there's a table for it but break, with a breakdown. Here we are. Huh, that doesn't look right. That looks very different. Huh, what the heck is going on here? All right, so the uh, it looks like that, you know, for... 2019, they had a, a booming year, but they had something of a drawdown. down. I'm not sure what to believe here, because this doesn't look right. And, and uh, so I, you know, I might uh, go see what this looks like. I think this is the one we saw already, but I'm not sure. That's nine. Okay. All right. This is similar. So basically what this is uh, showing here, okay, th- here, this is, this looks like the right number that that kind of looks like the right number. And I'm not sure what they're showing right here, but government activities is really what we're, we're at. We're after. And it looks like they had about uh $17 million in the bank as of last year uh, or as, and uh, that, that kind of fits with what we are seeing. Where is it? Oh, right here. What we saw over here, where you know, they, they ended the, the after year of COVID. So like walking into it, they had quite, walking into the uh, end of uh, 2019, they had a pretty good, they had a pretty good year. And you know, then COVID, you know, wiped out quite a lot of, quite a lot of money and quite a lot of value. But it looks like they still have around $11 million in the bank. So that's pretty good. And, you know, if you're, again, let's just say we threw that all into the stock market, which you probably wouldn't do, but, you know, let's just say we did. What this would look like is, okay, if we'd wanted to direct all of it towards the property tax, which, you know, was about $5 million. And we said, okay, you're going to, uh, the stock market, you know, generates about 10% a year. So the uh, amount that, you know, 10% of this is basically $1.1 million uh, over this is a little bit over. This would be basically a 25% reduction in your property taxes. What you're looking at, if you were to put everything towards that and not, you know, put any of it towards the future, which again, you wouldn't do, but this is the, you know, kind of show you about how much you could be looking at if you, uh, if you had something, if you had an anti-tax in there, you could be easily looking at upwards of a twenty-five percent reduction in your property tax year to year. And if you leave this in here with compounding interest, you know, that's going to get uh greater and greater over time. And that's and that's the real idea behind the anti-tax is that uh, you know, you you uh, only take maybe three or four percent, so maybe roughly, so like roughly half of that, you would take maybe a, a just a ten percent reduction in your in your taxes, and leave the rest to compounding interest, and let that ten percent eventually turn into hundred <laughs> percent, and because that's what that's what's really going to give you the you know the 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 best thing, and 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 when you're doing that at the same time, see what's great about this is that. You're getting this extra revenue that you don't have to raise taxes for, but you cut taxes at the same rate. So that tax cut right there is also going to give you job growth and economic growth in the private sector, too, which, again, is going to feed back in and generate more tax revenue uh, potentially for that. And, you know, you could end up with actually a much greater uh, you know, much larger economy with the same size government. And, you know, that, you know, and that you really just don't have to pay for. That's the beauty of the anti-tax is that you get to cut taxes twice, actually, is that once you get, you know, is the uh, the cut you give to everybody else that generates more revenue for the economy and the government. And, you know, you actually get to cut it, you know, cut it the first time, which is over in the, uh, which is the revenue generated by the anti-tax itself. So, this is like the the perfect kind of system for, uh, you know, yeah you know, weaning the government off of uh, off of like di- direct year to year annual taxation. So and uh, and the be- and the beauty of doing it at the local level because the, the uh, local governments are so competitive because they have to be. you know, it's like the, you know, it, it's so easy for people to just move that if they don't all do this, then you're going to, then they're going to like lose all of their bankrupt. They're going to go bankrupt. They're going to lose all of their uh, citizens to like the next town over. So once one or two of these uh, local governments start doing this, all of their neighbors are going to have to start adopting it to be competitive. And that just propagates outward from there. So that's perfect. That is exactly what we want. So let's look at the, at uh, another question. Uh, one comic just says that, uh, he says, says I'm a bit screwed because I live within, uh, the city of Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. You don't, uh, you don't want to do this in a big blue city. This is not going to work out for you. But at the same time, if all of the, uh, local governments and some, and the uh, suburbs and exurbs around that, you know, that big city start doing this, uh, then that's going to really put a lot of pressure on the big blue city to start adopting, you know, a more conservative policy with the, uh, With their tax policy, because if they keep being a big blue liberal idiot city that's just running everything into the dirt, while their suburbs and exurbs are doing like great and excellent, and there and you know when when it because like difference between a suburb suburban tax and a city tax is maybe you know like you know five or ten percent, it's not big. When that gets to be around like fifty or sixty percent, that's a big difference. That's a really, really big difference, and you're going to get a you know a mass exodus to the suburbs just for the tax cut for the lower cost of, cost of living, and you know and that assumes that you don't get any of the employers moving because they'll move too because they want the cut they want that tax cut to be competitive with all of their other competitors, so. The, uh, you know When it gets to be big like that, that's when you're going to start seeing them you know, really start making changes. So heads I win, tails the left loses. That's exactly the situation we want to be in as you know, paleo-libertarians and praxians. And you, know, you know, go Mises GOP. We're going to win. So, uh, but yeah, big blue cities, the best way to deal with a big blue city is to put pressure on it by uh, installing anti-taxes in, the, in its uh, suburbs and excerpts surrounding it. Because uh, that puts pressure on the big blue city to uh, adopt a more low time preference for power, so to speak. And so uh, he, uh, next question is, have you ever uh, have you observed that unions are actually more successful than, you know, free marketeers in preventing vaccine mandates from employers, you know, slash government agencies? Uh, what uh, are the forces at work via archotropism? Could this be replicated by organizing inside businesses that are non-union, i.e., larger corporations operating in the right-to-work states, or that are traditionally non-union? Okay, so the uh, so I think what you're, he's referring to is the uh, you know like your your uh, Ford Motors union and your uh, your like your post office and all that. Uh, these these companies are. Yeah, or I should no, not for, I don't think for is. uh, you un- no, no, they're unionized. I'm my bad. But, uh, what, what that is, is that, okay, like your government, you like your post post workers, uh, union, uh, they were actually able to successfully stave off the, uh, the vaccine mandate for a while. And it, it looks like they're still winning on that front. And the reason for that is mainly that there is not so much that they're a union it's so much that they are a vote bank. And if you screw with the vote bank, uh, that's really, really bad for you politically. And I think that, you know, that's the big thing is that you are a, a single block group that votes a, a particular way. And that in itself is a direct threat to the, to the, uh, to any politician. Cause you don't want to, you know, when you can do one action that alienates an entire voting ble- uh, base that you count on to get elected, uh, you really, you, you think twice about offending them. So, that's the that's the main power that unions have. It's not so much that they can be do collective bargaining and stuff like that. They can that's part of it, but you know that they, they can you know they can shut your operation down for you know basically indefinitely almost. And you know if you're a private business and but most private businesses know to stay away from unions, so that's not going to be too effective. And if you start trying to organize, that's a quick way to get yourself fired. So I don't quite recommend that. And uh, but it, it it is interesting that you know, they've had that success. And, uh, and again, you know, you can be voluntarily part of a union. So it's just, you know, a little dangerous to set up on the front end. Cause that's a quick way to get yourself fired. If your employer finds out that you're organizing, uh, the employees that way, but could work. And, uh, another one says, another question is almost all, if not, it. it Almost all, if not all, implementations of sovereign wealth funds or urban wealth funds have been intended for targeted purposes to leverage asset values at, or as a forex reserves for small open economies. None that I know are used to fund current spending. Do you foresee any net cash flow problems arising from the transfer of revenue from taxes to dividends? Uh, not quite. A lot you know one problem I do foresee, with uh, I don't see a cash flow problem, but the other problems I do foresee, and this is one of the reasons why I'm raising money with Reese's GOP, is to lobby to prevent stuff like this from happening. Is that one problem I see is that uh, uh, you know uh, sovereign wealth funds and urban wealth funds in the past have uh, you know in Europe where they've been tried have been have suffered a lot from uh, you know kind of corruption where. The uh, politician, you know, is incentivized because they instead of giving it to okay, the way they managed it was instead of you know, doing the right thing and giving it to a professional advisor to invest invest in only uh, good assets, you know, like like uh, you know value producing assets, you know, like stocks and commodities, securities, and uh, you know, bonds and stuff like that, pr- preferably in foreign countries or, or something like that. Uh, What happens is that they will instead, you know, have the politicians themselves being the ones to invest it and, you know, invest, and they'll end up investing it in stuff like Socks for Hobos or... You know they'll invest it in their you know buddy's uh, financial company or something like that, and they'll just do all this crooked progressive shit that you know we've come to expect from the fascist left. You know this is this is what we expect from them. So one of the things that we're going to be doing at, with a uh, Mises GOP is we're going to be lobbying state governments to, uh, you know, to you know prevent stuff like that from happening. To say that hey, you know, we're we want you to be, uh. Yeah, socks for hobos. Exactly. It's a, no, I, I really expect this sort of thing to happen from the left. This is exactly the sort of thing they would do with it to their own detriment, assuming we do it correctly. If we do it correctly and they invest in socks for hobos, well, okay, that's That's going to be squandering their own people's money and we're going to get the benefit of that. So, but uh, you know, what we're going to be doing like with the, the state of Florida. Is you know lobbying the state legislature to say okay you have to have a certain standard of asset class that you're investing in you can't be investing in anything locally no local businesses so sorry that uh, that is just out the window you're not allowed to do that and basically you know we're, the way I'm going to model it is off of the uh, employee pension system the public employee employee p- pension systems because those are typically managed really really well. And they're invested in good asset, high quality, uh, high quality assets that produce good uh, returns on investment. And, you know, the problems with the public employee pensions is that typically that the politicians want to spend them faster than they get them in. And so, uh, you know, what could, you know, but the reason for that is those are done at the state level where there's not really that much competition. That's the issue. This is why we're doing it at the local level because if you get the the one, uh, you know, local government th- decides that he wants to invest, you know, spend it faster than, you know, his, uh, you know, faster than it's bringing money in. Well, okay, the other, you know, the more responsible competitors right next door are going to end up getting his, uh, you know, getting all of his citizens and bis- and small businesses moving just right next door. Because again, this is the benefit of of doing an anti-tax at the local level. Is, and doing it, especially for all of the surrounding area, is that that they, uh, you know, that puts pressure on all of them to behave, you know, extra low time preference. And I think this is the the uh, th- that's a much better way of doing it. Now, as for, uh, you know, this is like, yeah, d- like uh, they tend to be used for targeted uh, prop things. Right now, we're just going to be doing it differently on, on probably a larger scale, and. And I think this is going to, this is going to change how we do taxation, like everywhere. I think this is, a, this is, and this is a perfect way of doing taxation that works out great for everybody. There is no interest group. That's really going to be unhappy with this, except maybe H block, <laughs> but that's, that's decades away. I'm not worried about that. So the, uh, Hmm. Are the Wachowskis, uh, based or cringe? Uh, He's rewatching the matrix and it's kind of crazy how accurate it is. Barely a metaphor at this point, even down to the programmers being the one who see it clearest. Why, thank you. And uh, he says anti-tax also incentivizes local governments learning uh, to understand the boom and bust cycle, which may be good or bad TBH. I consider it a good thing. And as for the Wachowskis based or cringe, I don't really know. I see, you know, I was uh, like seven when the Matrix came out. So I I, I missed it initially and I didn't get to watch until, you know, maybe just like a year or two ago. But uh, I don't know if they're based or cringe or not because I don't really understand. I don't really know them. I can't answer that. As for programmers seeing it clearly, well, that's the engineer brain. It works really well with everything. So, or at least anything logical, sociability, not so much, but I've learned, I have a system for that. So that's working out so far as for the anti-tax incentivizes uh, local governments to understand the boom and bust cycle. Yes, because you, particularly uh, Austrian monetary theory or, or at least behavioral economics because that, you know, basically is their bread and butter. They want to make sure that these things are. Uh, properly diversified see so the like their interest in it is going to be uh we want to make sure that the assets are properly diversified because when these busts happen typically they're contained to like the stock market or to one asset class or another so if you diversify your uh economic your, your economic portfolio you're you know like if one asset class goes down it's not gonna be it's not gonna it's not a deal breaker it's not a it's not a killer for you and you just recover pretty quickly and this is that you know how the standard practice is for most financial managers is to not put all your eggs in one cryptocurrency basket you diversify asset classes and there are ways of measuring that like like numerically to to where you can say how uh, diversified is my portfolio and we can easily write in uh, standards into the anti-tax legislation that we pass both at the local level and at the, uh, uh, state level. And you can give this, and again, you can also give the, uh, the state government an incentive to, uh, You know to kind of to watch over this and actually enforce the rules because that's the only thing is okay well you can pass a law but is there going to be enforcement for it so what you do is again you you put a substitution tax in there where you say okay our anti tax is going to take care of maybe our state state level property tax and because of this you know that the you know this is the the uh, state's own revenue coming in now they have an incentive to. You know, watch over all of these anti-taxes and make sure that they're actually following the rules and they're not, you know, being you know, they're not uh, investing it again in socks or hobos or something like that, and because uh, that does not have a return on investment. So that's actually a way of getting the state involved and cutting your state level taxes too. And because again, we, we uh, ultimately, I would like to have a. A United States of America, really a United Anarchies of America, but uh, okay, I'm not going to hold my breath. But at least, but for, for for a while, we are an anti a uh, United States of America. It'd be nice if if the uh, all levels of, of uh, government, you know, tried to uh, you know rely more on the anti tax rather than on the you know rather than on the uh, the the you know uh, d- direct taxation. And the benefit of with like an anti tax is that you know, because you can invest it pretty much anywhere in the world, you know, you can actually diversify your tax base to the entire planet. So you could effectively, you know, with the, with the anti-tax, it'd be real, it would like really be as if you were able to tax, you know, America was able to directly tax Brazil and their stock market or Japan and their stock market, not China, because that's a casino. That, that's not real. That's not real money. <laughs> but, uh, These other markets around the world, you could invest pretty much anywhere, and have you know the entire planetary economy as your stock portfolio, and that's and basically at that point you can tax the entire planet without having to tax your own people. That's the beauty. uh, That's the real beauty of it, and it doesn't matter effectively what happens at home. Then, which is, uh, which that itself is you know okay, that has some up some upside and some downside. The the upside is that. You know, obviously, you don't have to worry if your economy at home, you know, tanks. The the downside is you don't have to worry if your economy at home tanks. <laughs> so, the uh, uh, that you know, that is the end of the uh, questions right now from the power broker elites. If any other ones want to, you know, put a thing or two in there, uh, let's you know s- see if there are any good questions in the audience. I'm not going to take. All of them, because you guys didn't need to pay me, you cheap bastards. And let's see, uh, why am I such a meanie head? That's uh, how I was born. I was born this way. Mm, let's see. Uh, <laughs> uh, how should I monarch cleanse a degenerate narco state? Abide, you know, ab- you know. By using the laws of archotropism, I guess I'm not sure what exactly that means, but uh, you know that that you know how would a monarch do it? Yeah, you know, don't start the problem in the first place. So I mean, under monarchy, uh, you basically let stuff like prostitution was completely legal, and it was just regulated to you had to be do it in the whorehouse, which is pretty much the way they wanted to do it anyway. You so you would be, have a brothel system and that was the way the market wanted to do it anyway. And like, you didn't have hookers just walking the streets at night. And the only reason they do that today is because of prohibition. And it's a stupid way to do it. They don't want to do it. It's dangerous. And, you know, it's easier just, you know, if they're all in one brothel, it's easier for the state to tax them too. So yeah, the, the, how how would a, uh, a monarch, you know, cleanse a degenerate narco state. They just wouldn't get, they wouldn't have the problem in the first place. Uh, why am I based? Again, I was born this way. Uh, Lockhart has a sales tax. Yes, they do. Most state, most uh, local governments have a sales tax. And uh, you know, uh, that Oh, this is a good question. Uh, what if there is an economic downturn that requires them to liquidate their positions at a loss? Or would you say that this puts pressure on them to be even more cautious with their other other funding? Well, what happens? The reason I I don't think that would happen that like is that uh again you don't want to that that's not the incentive like the uh if you if you look at what's happening here with uh lockhart you know they they uh you know they'll probably keep a few million in reserves just for like a uh, and a chance like this to where they don't have to sell at the bottom but uh they also you know would you know have to uh they have all of this money comes in at the front of the year so this like this gets like this uh basically this $5 million that they have right here, this all gets assessed at the beginning of the year. So they would know pretty quickly you know, what their uh, revenues are gonna look like for the year. And if anything ha- goes wrong, okay, at that point they can start liquidating. Maybe they just keep a few reserves in cash. And cause that's a, something that uh, a lot of uh, financial advisors will do anyway in case of a crash, is that you keep a little bit of your powder dry so you can buy the dip. So, uh, you know, what, would they, uh, you know, ha- have such a, a loss that requires them to liquidate their positions at a loss doubtful. And, and another thing they could do right there is, uh, plan for, you know, is, a uh, and they could just like get rid of this sales tax and, you know, lump that all into the property tax, which is a better, you know, I mean, it's you know, it has that size has its ups and downs, but you could. You know, at least ha- have it very predictable what your revenue would be like. That, you know, for for that year, for that year, and you wouldn't be subject to these uh, downturns nearly as much. And you could also you know put all of your uh, your uh, you know anti tax towards one tax then, and it's easier for you know the uh, citizens to measure that. So uh, that that's something they would do. Another thing they can do is like the Buffett rule which is where you only take 4% of your portfolio a year. And assuming the market returns 10% a year, that leaves you an extra net six that goes back, that gets reinvested and you get to earn compounding interest on that. And so if you're only taking 4% a year. You would just divide that over the 12 months. And you know, it's, that's at uh, three quarters of a, of a percent basically per month or something like that uh, or no, no, I did that wrong. I did my math wrong there. Uh, four over 12, one third, you have one third of 1%, uh, you know, per month or something like that. And that would give you the, uh, you know, the, the amount that would give you your, your annual monthly revenue from that. And you could just do that all at the beginning of the year or something like that. And that gives you everything you need. And, you know, like, so if the downturn happens in the middle of the year, doesn't matter to you and you'll fit and whatever uh, three or 4% of your uh, fund is at the beginning of the next year is what is what you'll, what will happen. And by, and if the, uh, the fed starts printing a boatload of money, all the better for you, you know, that inflation actually benefits you. You get the be- benefit of the Cantillon effect, which is the, that's the, uh, the effect of who gets the money first that, you know, they, they get, they get to have all the, the extra buying power before the prices rise. Uh, that's called the Cantillon effect, and uh, you as a local government would get that benefit, which is it's something you never get today. So uh, it's like you you always get the ass end of the pr- of the uh, price rise. Uh, eventually, you get all the money you after it's been you know circulated many many times. It's already raised the prices. You get the money after the fact. Right now, if you adopt an anti tax, you actually get the benefit. You get the the money first. So that's the uh, so that's a pretty good good uh, thing for them. And, uh, pretty, and that looks like the end of the questions today. And so again, if you want to go, uh, you know, find if your local government is a good candidate for an anti, for an anti-tax you, again, you just go to Google and, you know, search for the city's name, find the, find the city website you know, look for something, anything that says like maybe departments or city government or something like that, you're looking for the finance section. So you would, you know, look for something like this and we have the finance section right there. And you're looking for like the, for like the annual operating budget. And when you go through the budget, again, you're looking for the section with all of the, uh, you know, with the balance sheet and all the numbers on it. And typically, it will be maybe like net position might be the field you're looking for, or it might be called like reserves. So that's what you're looking for. And uh, I think that's all for tonight, guys. So if you want to uh, get your uh, you know questions asked, you can uh, join the Power Broker Elite. <laughs> that's my uh, that that's like the second or third tier in my uh, supporting listeners group. Or you can and if you want my your questions answered just anytime. Uh, you can get, you know, you can join the general group and the, uh, and I'm pretty active there. I, I usually answer questions once or twice a day and, you know, but, uh, I do these weekly AMAs for, you know, the, uh, for the power broker elites and they always get, you know, long answers to their questions and whatever they want. Again, you want to go to, uh, palomaverdecbd.com, uh, use promo code popular, get 25% off, off of your order over $75 beware of, you know, promo codes that will, you know, make your balls swell up like you got the vaccine. Uh, you don't want to use any of those other promo codes. There have been tragic, tragic cases. And so you always want to stick with a uh, promo code popular uh, to get 25% off your order and help support this show. Thanks, guys.